Blog Talk Radio. get used to it the people have spoken and uh no people have spoken it was actually me who did it and i don't know why the heck i did it maybe it was a subconscious thing you just thought it was right no i really didn't um well besides the point that's the name i got the top billing i'm not going to argue with the reasons why i'm just going to well the only thing the only reason why it's not being edited is because we had to go through such a process to get on itunes to begin with so congratulations you win thank you um i'm used to hearing that and I yeah, okay. <laughs> um, glad to be back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. Hope your weeks are starting off well. I know everybody's excited about that. Yesterday was my Friday, so my week is actually just 
match weeks just ending. He's on a crazy schedule. How's that working for you? Uh, pretty good, actually. Um, There's going to be a new DTA at uh, Geo's Training Academy. It's really uh, learning how to deal. A new DTA? Can you let the people know what it is? It's the Dealers Training Academy. Um, Harris Philly, where I work, they need new dealers. So um, they give you a six-week class. You're not paid anything. You go for six weeks. But it's a $1,000 course. You get it for free. The only thing you have to do is you have to sign a one-year non-compete. So basically, if you go to another casino within a year of finishing the school, you owe them a thousand dollars for the school. But other than that, as long as you don't do that, it's free, and you can try out dealing if you like it. I love it. I mean, it's one of the best jobs I've ever had. Even though people are complaining that the rates are the lowest that they they've been in a long time, I'm still making uh, well over fifteen dollars an hour which is not bad. So there you go, everybody, in case you're interested. Um, yeah, that's on a bad time. Um, when, ever, after summer, when it picks up, it, it gets a lot better. Well, well, that's also not including the fact that they don't get to work with you, which has to count for something. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm just a man. So there you go. Um, we have Derek, a, um, I want you to start off. You were telling me about a public service announcement. Oh, uh, yeah, I do want to make a public service announcement, uh, something that I've been thinking of across Facebook, and it needs to be said on the air for all of the listeners. Um, please, it is very hot outside. Obviously, everybody understands that. Please do not leave your pets in the cars with the windows shut. It's dangerous, it can cause problems, and it can get your windows broken. Now, uh, I'm not worried about your windows. If they get broken, if you do that, that's your own fault. But to avoid the whole situation, please keep your pets safe and cold and cool. If you have to go somewhere, you don't have to take them with you. Leave them in the house with the air on, at least a fan on. Um, if you have your pet with you and you need to make a stop, just, I mean, just take them home first and then go back out. Don't be lazy. Or unless it's like literally a five-second stop, and then even then keep the windows open. So just letting everybody know for the safety of your pet, Please do not leave them locked in your cars. Yeah, Gary's a very much a, a pet lover, animal lover. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear, but sometimes my dogs are uh, in the background here, uh, just walking around. They're very quiet, actually. But um, I get bounced for that. Those dogs, they're cool. I like, I like our dogs. They do I, bark I, a lot, but I do like them. Yeah, they're very, they're very nice, but they're, they're just um, if they see something, they're gonna let everyone know. But they're nice. I mean, they come up, they let you pet them, they give you the all kisses. They're sweethearts. Yes, they are. Um, but like I said, Gary is an animal lover and uh, something very close to his heart. Anyway, so to today is very close to the trade deadline in Major League Baseball, and the Phillies have already struck a deal for Jonathan Papelbon. Yeah, I know everybody out there is heartbroken. Psych. Everybody wanted Papelbon to go for a while. He's had a lot of incidences, including the infamous grabbing of the crotch to the Philadelphia fans. People did not appreciate that. Um, the fact of the matter is, we knew we were going to at least attempt to trade him. It was up and down for a while. I know, Matt, you were saying that there was some points where you were saying a deal was not going to be They were really saying that they, no one wanted him to the point where um, to the point where no one would offer them anything. And I think what the Nationals did was brilliant. No one wanted his option, so what they did was they made him agree to lower the option. And he did it just so that uh, he could go to a winning team. 
And the return we got, uh, reading up on the player, it doesn't look great. He's a back at a end rotation. Nick Pavetta. He's a 22-year-old right-hander who was 10th best prospect in Washington's farm system with Baseball America last winter. I know he was number 12 when baseball prospectus. The point is he's a top 10, top 12 uh, rotational guy. Six well, top five, 10, top 12 in their, in their, farm, in system. their farm system. That's not in baseball. Of course not. Um, he's 6'5", 220, throws hard, has control problems. Um, people look at him as a back end of the rotation guy, but they say even if he can't make that, then he's going to be a good, solid um, uh, middle relief type guy. Yeah, listen, and, and the, the, this type of deal wasn't to get back great value for the future. It was just to get rid of Papelbon. No, I, I, I disagree. I think that I think the move was to get this piece. I, think I don't this, think this is a piece that you want to get, this, though. This isn't I've, clearly. I mean, we could be wrong, and this guy could develop into a great player, and I hope he does. But from all the scouting reports and everything we're hearing, it's not exactly a piece that you're going to need to put in place. He got us upside. And the reason why I say that is because he throws in the low 90s, he's 6'5", 220, his speed can go up. He's 22 years old, he's pitching in double A. That's impressive. People don't realize that when at 22 years old, you're three years under the average double um, A player, so you have three years to develop. So it's a guy with a huge upside who um, could eventually become a closer or a frontline starter. Frankly, you don't know what you have. Well, I don't think there's huge. I mean, you don't. You never know what you have when it comes to a prospect. I mean, guys have come in with no expectations and developed into amazing ball right. players. Right, Kenny Giles. Right. Kenny Giles is a great example of what this guy could be. Kenny Giles was big, and he threw the ball fast, but he had control problems. But I mean, at the same time, guys come in with high expectations and never develop. Oh, absolutely. So you you never know exactly what you have in a prospect. But having said that, everything that's coming out on this guy just shows. That he should at least be on the major league roster at some point. As a back end of the rotation pitcher, maybe a bullpen piece. Right. So, I mean, it's nice. It's it's something in right. return. But, but it's, I, not, it's not something that you're excited. I mean, I'm not excited to have this guy in our farm system. I actually am. And the reason why, like I said, is because of his upside. And he's so young. And he's, he's already... He's not that. He's 22. I mean, it's young. But it's in base. I mean, guys are coming out of high school getting drafted at 18. So it's already three right. years older. Right, but they're going through single age rookie ball. Um, yeah, yeah, they're moving up the ladder. There's five levels of rookie of, of single A that people don't realize before you get to double A. So usually, like I said, players don't reach that eight, don't reach double A until um, 25 usually. Now, having said that, when he this kid did go to double A, he's pitching. He's got an ERA of seven, so he's obviously not ready for it yet. But I still think that he's got some upside. Now, the, the reason why I am excited, unlike Garrett, is because I want guys with upside who are young. And the guys who the Phillies traditionally traded for were older guys. Um, last year sometime, they, they started um, changing that. This guy's pop filter breaks. Uh, his poor excuse of a pop filter, by the way. Very poor excuse. Uh, let's just say I got the short end of the stick on this one. Short end. There's some stick on there. It would be in it. This is a stick, right? <laughs> it would be in it. Alright, something. I got I gotta Alright, so go on, so go on with the process. Yeah, I, I bought a, I bought something cheap for Garrett and uh it was supposed to be a present and uh it's not much of a present. But um anyway. Yeah, like I was saying, um I'd rather get these younger guys with big upside. I like I like guys big guys who have big arms, who have control problems, 
Because eventually that can be seen. Take a few miles per hour off your fastball, and all of a sudden, you know, bang, sometimes you get something. Um, That's the reason why I like this. Garrett, go into your thoughts on Tapelbon so we can argue on it. All right, well, real fast, I just want to touch um, one more on, on this prospect. I mean, obviously everybody loves a young guy with upside. I mean, when you're making a trade, that's what you're looking for is a young guy who, who you feel can develop into a ball player. Um, you like to keep your expectations reasonable, but at the same time you like to have have that little glimmer of hope to say maybe he can become the next big thing. Yeah, I guarantee you this guy, even with the Phillies improved uh, farm system, is going to be a top 15 guy in their, in their organization. Maybe. And listen, I hope this guy develops into a great player, and I hope he helps the Phillies win a lot of ball games in the future. I'm just saying that right now, and like I said, I don't even know who this guy is. I've never seen him play, so I'm not going to go and and say. And you've never seen him play either, so I'm not. I'm not so I'm just going off of the scouting reports, and they're they're not that excited for him. But at the same time, it is a prospect, and and it it's really you know see what happens. I'm excited because I felt like we needed to trade Papelbon, right? And, and if we get something, if we got something that could potentially help us in any form down the road. It's a positive. Exactly, and that, that's my final point, is we got something for nothing. But even if the guy we, never we, develops and never even makes the big league, right. still, you know, you didn't lose much giving up right. Apple Right, and we, what we got was basically for free, because we had to get rid of Applebond, and we got rid of some of the money, too. Right. Not all of it, but we got rid of some of it, and we got rid of all the money next year. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the, the stipulation with the contract. I think we have them. We owe Cavalmon 4.9 for the rest of the year. I think we gave him like two. Okay, so so we got rid yeah, of half the some money. change in, the, in this town. Right, money. we got rid of half the money. But we got rid of 16 million next year. That's that's the bigger deal. The 16 million next year that they don't have to pay for now. Right. Um. So my opinions on Papelbon, So no, I wanted more of your opinions on the trade that you were talking about on Facebook. Which one? One that started an argument with you and me. Oh right. Um. Well, okay. So I was saying that. Well, I was saying that I was trying to make the point that it seems like all the trades that the Phillies have been making in the prior years, um, and of course with Jonathan Papelbon, and then we'll see what happens with Cole Hamels. Uh, we've been getting a lot of pitching prospects back. Our first round pick uh, last year, although I can't complain because Aaron Nola has looked pretty good as a pitch has been a pitcher, and it just I feel like the Phillies spend a lot more resources on pitching than they do everyday position players. Um, for a while, that was okay because we had such a great core with Utley and Howard and Rollins and Victorino. Right, so on and so forth that, you know, the it core was, was there. But now that the core is falling apart, aging, and not there, I mean, what's our core now? Besides like Mikel Franco, Franco, right, who, who else would you say – I mean, you might think that uh, Ashley might be a big league player. You might think um, think Cesar Hernandez might be a big league player. But right now, I'm not ready to put them into it. Cabrera, I think, is going to be part of it. I know you don't like him. No, I don't dislike him. I mean, I feel like... I feel like... Herrera, you mean? Herrera? Yeah, it's real Herrera. Herrera, right. I don't dislike him. Um, He's shown some good things. I mean, he's he's made some good points. He's been revered, though. That's the problem. He's been revered with a better arm and better range, or not as good range. That was great speed. He had a little bit more pop. It was that. Yeah, he's got a little more pop. I, I think that you can't have Revere and Herrera on the same team. No, and that's and that's my point. And Herrera, which is why I think that Revere's got a shot of going with this trade deadline. Yeah, um, I don't know if we get anything exciting in return for him. But we'll probably get a decent prospect. 
probably something similar to what we got with Pavel Bond. You get an upside guy, and that's what you got to do. You got to take these these shots on. Well, yeah, with guys like Rivera, you got to take those shots. With guys like Cole Hamlin, you got to you got to right. more than just potential. Oh, absolutely. But we'll um, get into that. In we'll get into that. Sure. But no. So anyway, so the point I was trying to make to everybody is that right now we don't really have a core. We have Mikel Franco, who, by all accounts, looks like he's going to be a legit ball player. And I mean, we have guys in the minor leagues who people are hopeful of. You know, J.P. Crawford, Roman Quinn. Um, there's the other guy. What's his name? Aaron something with an A. Who they were talking about potentially coming up. He played a little bit last year. Oh. No, not Aaron Ole. He's an outfielder. I can't think of his name now. Oh, oh. He played a little bit. Aaron Asher. Yeah. Uh, there's some talk about him. Um. So you know, we have some guys. It, we'll see what happens with them. But I just. I feel like they gotta make an attempt to bring in more position players. Right. And I know you want to go for the best prospect. We were talking about this the other day, and I agree. You take the best value, and if the best value is a pitcher, by by a nice margin, then you you take the pitcher. Absolutely. Having said that, I feel like the best value is not always the pitcher, but it seems like they're always thinking that the best value is the pitcher. Right. I think you're gonna see him move more away from that because that was Ruben tomorrow thinking. Ruben tomorrow. Jim took the five aces. That's what he wanted. Remember when we had we, him? We had it. We had, right. we had Halliday, Lee, Hamels, Oswald, and what? Oh, what's someone else? No, I think it was the board. I don't Halliday, Hamels, Oswald. Oswald. And that was it. We had the board with my Oh, yeah, four aces. But that's still a ridiculous rotation. Yeah. And that, that that was Ruben's brainchild. His theory was you give up one run a game, you can't lose. And but at the time, we also had. Howard, Lee Rollins, they were all playing at the peak, and we had uh, Worth right. in the outfield. We had Victorino. Right. You know, Truth was playing well. We we had a lot better core position players. Right. That, that's a guy who I think is, is being undervalued in all this. I really think that someone sh- some team should make a move to get Truth. And that's the, re- the reason why is because he's such a good catcher. I mean, you don't catch four no-hitters and not know anything. And all the pitchers say that they just trust Truth. They don't, they don't think about pitching. They just Trust him and go. Yeah, he's a great catcher. Um, no, I, I think he would he would be helpful on a lot of teams. I mean, absolutely. I don't know every single team's catching needs right now, but there has to no, be but there, there was there. there was a scout that said that Shoots is better than half the catchers in the league, and just even what the a contending team. teams are the only teams even, that even, even the contending teams, a lot of them have catching deficiencies, or they have someone who's, who's more of an offensive player. But um, I mean, let, let's just say it this way: the uh. What's the expression? The, the sum of the Phillies is greater than the parts, or the parts are greater than the sum on the team. Individually, the pieces are a lot more valuable than together. I'm so, not sure about that. I mean, think about it. They are 9-1 and one since the All-Star break. Yeah. I mean, if we, pace, if we keep up at this we're pace. We're pace to win almost 100 games. Maybe we should keep Hamels and consider making ourselves buyers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if we could just go 9-1 and one every 10 games, I think I think we'd make the playoffs. Yeah, that's all we got to do is just keep this pace up. It seems pretty doable. Um, but back to the point. Back to reality. Back to reality. Um, we were arguing about this, me and Matt, and a few of our other friends. Um, a couple people chimed in on it. I, I just feel like this team makes too much of an effort for pitching, and I would like to see them make a better effort to pick up some position players. Like I said, I don't want to do that sacrificing value. Now, if you have a pitching prospect who you feel could be a number two pitcher and you have a position player that you feel potentially could be a utility player, you go for the value. But 
it can't always be that way. And they have to they have to bring up better position players. They have to fill their system with better prospects as an everyday player. Because otherwise we're never gonna get to where we wanna be. I mean, one of the reasons we got to where we wanted the core was so good of everyday position players. And I would like to see something happen like that again. I know it's hard to bring up in Howard and not Lee and Rollins and so forth and so on, but they have to make a stronger effort, I think, to refuel the farm system with good everyday players. Yeah, um, I think they've done that. And they don't see it. There's, um, right after uh, the director Tim Hoff, who was another uh, pitcher, who's actually doing really well um, in the minors, but he's in the world of minors. Um, and then, uh, but this year, they targeted Cornelius Randolph, who's a shortstop. Now, you can't look into shortstop because basically, on every single team, like that's below the minor leagues, your best defensive player is going to play shortstop. No one thinks this kid's a shortstop. No one, no one thinks that he's going to continue in the organization as a shortstop. No, but if he's the but he they they say he can hit like Tony Gwynn. No power. But they think he can be a three hundred hit solid three hundred hitter in the major leagues. Okay, I'm okay with that. If if his big league position isn't shortstop, but he's an everyday player who has a good bat and you could find him a spot where he could field right. adequately, I'm okay with that. The only thing is he's eighteen because he's he's a high school kid. Well, he's young. I mean, he's going to be taking a few right. years. It, uh, That's why I would like to see with the coal trade. And like I said, we will get into that. I would like we're to about see them. To we're that. about to get into. It. I would like to see them bring in some strong, already almost developed position players rather right, than, which is what they than want. a top-notch pitching prospect. Which is what they want, obviously, but it, it's just tougher to get that because just because of the way baseball is today and everything's about cost control and and controlling your players for as many years as you can. It's tough to get guys who are just starting in the majors or are close to the majors. So, all right, let's jump right into it. Cole Hamels, um, rumors. The Astros have made a huge push. They're making, still trying to make a huge push. Obstacle in the in the Astros deal is Cole Hamels. Doesn't want to go there. Yeah, he has the 20 team no trade clause, and he has the right to deny the trades. Of course, I feel like he wants to get out of Philadelphia, and if he feels like Houston is a viable contender, he would waive that no trade clause. He will not. He said he will he not trade it. Go to Houston. He will not. He okay, loves, then wouldn't take saying, Houston off the table because it's irrelevant. He's saying he loves Philadelphia and he doesn't need to leave. So basically, he's he's either doing this for leverage because he can, yeah, to to get a bigger deal from Houston, which is not going to happen, or to make sure he goes to the team he wants. Right. And the thing is, um, the, the two teams who are not on his no trade clause that um are talked about the most are the Rangers, who everyone thinks is going to get him, and then the uh, Dodgers, who are not willing to give up their top two prospects. The Rangers aren't willing to give up their top four prospects. Here's the thing. Top two prospects for the Dodgers are in the top ten in baseball, and the top three prospects, no, top, I think five prospects for the uh, Rangers are in the top hundred. Now, I think that to get Hamels, they're going to have to move off of some of those guys. They're probably going to have to give us two of those guys in the top five. But um, I'm not sure which two. Yeah, listen, um, right now all reports uh, from all of my go-to websites have been saying the Rangers are the front runner. Uh, they're usually pretty good sources. So, I mean, you never know 
Um, but it does say the Rangers are a front runner. Now, no team wants to give up their best prospects. And obviously, they're playing hardball, no pun intended, um, because you don't come in with your best offer right away. I feel like once the deadline nears closer to the end, those have told teams to, to give them the best, um, their best offer. And um, the reason why is they might want to get a deal done by tomorrow. Um, well, Cole Hamels has to start. Well, they already said he's not going to start tomorrow. Yeah, they're going to push it back till Friday. But, but they want time, I guess, for McPhail to uh, look at the trades. So they're going to get they're going to get quote unquote the best deals, and they're probably going to try to negotiate from there and try to get a little more. But so you'll hear something tomorrow then. If probably. Teams, if teams have to bring in their best deals tonight. The Phillies are going to sit on it. And you'll no, today. It. Today. It's already supposed to happen. I don't think anything's going to happen today though. So, no, I think it's tomorrow's probably the day. Yeah, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen tomorrow. Um, like I said, I do hope it happens. I do hope we bring in some good time position prospects. Uh, listen, Cole, I don't care what position they are. I don't care if they're all pitching. If you give me the best pitching prospects in baseball, I really don't care. You're too hung up on... I'm not too hung up on... You're too hung up on position players over pitchers. I understand. They play more games. They're, they're, they work harder. Okay, but pitchers affect more of the game than the position players. I'm not too hung up on position players over pitchers. I'm too hung up on the fact that all we ever do is bring in pitchers. If we brought in, if we if we bring in, say in this trade, we bring in, we get two big prospects. One's a pitcher, one's a hitter. I'm okay with that. I mean, obviously, you're going to need to develop some kind of pitching down the line. I just feel like if you develop all pitching, it's like anything. If you just develop. Right. If you just use your right hand Here, all the time, and you never use your left hand. Here's the thing about that, though. You develop all pitching, and you get the top prospects. Remember, when you're contending, those prospects can be used to, to buy other right. players. Yeah, I understand. These are all assets. Hinkie, Sam Hinkie put it best. These guys are not players. You can't look at them that way. you got to be cold calculating business and look at them as assets. You get the best assets you can to try to to try to win. Um, that 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 would be my philosophy if I was a GM as well. Um, these, like I said, these guys are interchangeable and they can move. So if you're getting too many but pitchers, the best assets. I understand with the assets, but if you're getting all pitchers who are the best position, who are the best prospects in your in your farm system. You're never going to be in contention to win because you're never going to be able to field a team that's in contention. You might have a good rotation, and you might have other prospects in the minor league who could bring in other pieces. At the same time, you need a balance. You can't have a, a dominant pitching team. You need a balance of players who are going to fill out your roster and make your everyday team uh, competitive. You're going to need guys who can hit for power. You're going to need guys who can have speed. You're going to need guys who can field. You're going to need guys who can hit for average. Because you're not going to win every game one and nothing, no matter how good your pitcher is. And you, I understand what you're saying with the assets, and I agree. Like I said before, if the offer on the table is the pitcher's by far the better prospect, you take the pitcher. Absolutely. But you can go and you can look around and shop around. I don't need by to, far. I need by a little. And try to find the better position prospect, though. I mean, if you, you could you could find position players who you feel are as good prospects as pitchers. Now you got to get the other team to agree to the trade. I mean – that's that's a complication. Um, you can't just point to a guy and say I want him and him and the deal's done. Yeah, I want Chris. I want Chris Bryant and I want Addison uh, Russell. 
Right, okay, so you're not going to get Chris Bryant. Right, so they're going to No, guys. I know, but I'm just saying, so the Cubs, they want to trade Chris Bryant. I understand that. But there's a lot of position prospects who are, who are ranked high in Baseball America and all the other scouting websites who teams would be willing to give up. I mean, they wouldn't be happy to give up, but they would be willing. And like you said before, I just felt like the Phillies put more of an emphasis on pitching. And that's their prerogative. I mean, I'm not right. I think that was more Ruben than anything else. So maybe, so maybe now with McPhail, um, Gillis running the ship more. I don't like McPhail's name. It just sounds like he's going to fail. McPhail, <laughs> <or> whatever. <laughs> it sounds like he's going to be making fun of him. Yeah, that was a McPhail. <laughs> that tree was a McPhail. Listen, if, if the Cole Hamels deal works out that way, I'm I sure hope it's I'm not sure, a McPhail. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot of those puns. Um, but name aside, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I want. That's what I want them to bring back in a return. I know you you want them to bring back. You don't care as long as they're good prospects. I want the best prospects you can get. Yeah, I want the best prospects, too. I want guys who I can get excited about in a few years. I want the best prospects. So I think any fan of any team in any sport will tell you they want the best prospects. I think that goes without saying. But I think that you could find prospects who are everyday position players and bring them back instead of just focusing on the pitching. So you might you – might like, Again, I don't care. If if you get two guys who are position players and two guys who are pitching prospects, and the pitching prospect is a, a better by a very, 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 very slim margin, when you really believe in those pitching prospects, I'll take the pitching prospects any day. I can always flip them later and change them. You hope you can flip them later. I mean, when when you bring in prospects. Yeah, pitching is the most valuable asset. When you bring in prospects, though, they're still just prospects. So, oh, absolutely. So, they might never. So, say you bring in a guy right now who's 20 years old, who's a good good pitching prospect, okay? And say you, you figure it this way he's either going to be on your big league club or you're going to flip him. But in three years, he went through a Tommy John surgery, his stuff's not the same. And now he has no value. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. So you're not necessarily now, on, guaranteed to be able Wait. to flip the prospect. Right. But that's where you fill in your holes with uh, the MLB draft. And the Phillies have done that. You're acting like they drafted nothing but pitchers. This year, I think you know, the first 10 rounds, they had two pitchers and eight position players. Right. Because for the prior years, they've been so heavy on pitching that. Again, I think that was Ruben Amaro. All right, you're so, acting like you're acting like it's an organizational. Thing okay, so maybe the organization is trending in a different direction now, which is a good thing. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying based on what's been going on, and what's been going on is Ruben Amaro has been a general manager of his baseball team, and he's been making the decision. So if his philosophy was to go pitching heavy and pitching his first, philosophy is ruined tomorrow, Jimmy. Okay, well that's that's the word on the street, but um, we'll see what happens. Listen, it, it, Andy McPhail just came in. Uh, he's fresh to the Phillies. Um, obviously, going to McPhail? I hope he doesn't. I hope he I hope he doesn't live <laughs> up to his, I hope he. I hope he doesn't live up to his name. But um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it, it's an exciting time here. It reminds me of when we were when Kurt Schilling was on the market, when Scott Rowland was on the market. Because it's not every day that we have a big time player on the market. So it's it's every yeah, couple years. Yeah, remember we got for Schilling? Uh, no, and I mean Cliff Lee was on the market also at one time. Cool. We brought back for sure. We brought back Omar Dahl, Travis Lee, someone else. Um, Bud Smith, right? It was Bud no, Smith in a Bud different Smith deal. No, Bud Smith was the Cardinals deal. Yeah, that was for Rowan. We brought back Bud Smith and a couple others. We brought back Polanco, Bud Smith for Rowan. Um, right. Polanco was a decent player. I mean, 
Polanco was a very good player. Yeah, Polanco almost was worth rolling straight up. And I think Rowan was the better player. Oh, absolutely, but it was close. And Polanco was a 300 hitter. And yeah, he was a good player for a And Rowan got overpaid. So for their contract. Well, Rowan was slowed down with the injuries. I mean, when he was on the field, he was tremendous. I agree, but. Probably the best defensive but, third baseman I watched every day. But for their contracts, Polanco, that deal wasn't horrible. Polanco was right there with Rowan. Um, it's a shame what happened to Bud Smith. Yeah, he never developed. He got injured. He got injured. He got injured twice. Well, that's that's uh, the thing. I mean, right. it happens. So that's what I'm saying. Pitchers. Right. That's what I'm saying. So when you're you're like, I understand your what you're thinking. You want the best prospects because either it'll play on your big league club or you can trade them. But it doesn't always work out that way. No, I understand that. Well, I understand that. I still don't care. I still want the best prospects available. Because you know what? Anyone can get injured. You can you can be injured as a position player, sure. Right. Absolutely. You can be flying in the second base. And 162 games. Is, it's a long time. Yeah. It's a lot of games to be out there. And, and I don't want people to think that I'm taking for need because I'm not all about need at all. Um, I'm about, you know, with any sport, with football, with basketball, I always, I always preach to take the best player available. Um, I just feel like when you're looking at prospects, there's such a big pool of them considering there's how many major league teams there are and how many different affiliates of minor league baseball teams are associated with them. I feel like you could find equal value in a position player as a pitcher. You might have to look a little harder because the pitcher might stand out quicker. Um, Pitchers probably might show a little more, more flashes early on in a position player. But my whole thing is that you could find equal position players to pitchers. And just go from there. Yeah, but there. teams don't usually trade their position players unless they're blocked. Right, and that's the thing. You have to you have to find a team willing to trade. Otherwise, it, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, we'll see uh, what happens with them. Um, is there anybody else on the Phillies you, you could see going, possibly? Ben Revere's one. Um, uh, people have been advocating. How, how do you feel about this? You, would you trade uh, 100 miles for Giles? Yeah, I've, I've heard... Um, people talking about about trading Giles, and it, it really depends on what you bring back. Um, right now, he looks like a good young closer. Obviously, a closer is a little bit of an overrated position, especially on a losing baseball team. And what people are saying is they don't expect this team to contend for three, four years. Um, by that time, he really won't be under control for much longer. You might lose him anyway. Uh, the way he throws, he's at risk for injury. Based on how hard he throws and his his uh, delivery, I, I've been hearing that it's not as clean as people would like. Um, I don't know much about that. You know, I'm not I'm not a scout to know if they look like they can get hurt pitching the ball. But I feel like Giles, you don't have to make the move right now. If something comes along that blows you away because of the fact that in four years you might not be good, uh, I would do the trade. But I feel like Giles is a guy that. If nothing comes along that blows you away, that blows you away, you could hold on to him. You could look to trade him next year or the year after. I mean, he's still young enough, and and plus, if he starts to get a lot, to pile up saves and look really good in the closer role, I think his value could only grow. You get a top position player. Right, that's what I said. If somebody comes along and gives you amazing value, and you're thinking that by the time you're good, you might not even have Giles anyway. Then okay, but if, no, do if you if you're not going to get the value back, I wouldn't do it either. I don't think I don't think you can just because Chapman and Kimbrough are on the market. Yeah, true. And, and Papelbon just went to Washington. Um, 
Kimbrough right now is probably the, the best closer. Well, Chapman's really good, too. Chapman's good. He's he he fast, but that's not necessarily the biggest deal in baseball. It helps. Oh, but he's... He's been really good. He's been really good, yeah. Um, I like... Oh, and there's, there's a deal falling apart now, although I'm saying it might not. But um, the late, there's a deal between the Cardinals and the Cardinals. I'm sorry, the Marlins and the Dodgers. Matt Latos and Michael Morse, and apparently there's medical concerns. So it's like that deal is not going to happen. On the national scene. Um, they're saying it might happen anyway, but there's a lot of concerns, so they can't. So a deal that was thought done earlier is not done. Um, how about uh? All these teams. How about the KC deal earlier? Would you move Hamels for that um, trio? Who did Who did they give up for Cueto? They got Johnny uh, Cueto, obviously. Um, they gave up two top, uh, three left-handed pitchers. Uh, two of them were top prospects, and one of them was. The Rams also made a deal for another another position player. Another day. Yeah. Um, give me a second. They're making some moves. Toronto uh, made the big trade to get Tula Whiskey. Uh, for Jose Reyes and a couple prospects. So trades are happening. Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist, right. So Kansas City, I mean, he's a, he's a solid player. So Kansas City, they're, listen, they made the World Series last year, players right now. Um, a lot of guys who are under control because they came up through their farm system. Kind of similar to what the Phillies were like when they began their run. And they're, they're going for it. Yeah, keep talking. I'm looking for um, – so while Matt looks for that, uh, we'll just keep going with Kansas City. Um, Toronto picked up Tulowitzki. And uh, I mean, what's everybody's feelings on it? Please call us in and let us know on your feelings on Cole Hamels, on 100 Miles Giles, 602-753-1597. And that's 602-753-1597. That was on the background. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, it's hard to say. Would you take the deal? That the All right, real stop. Yeah, Finnegan, who's a 22 year old, who's already in the majors. Remember what I said about 22 year olds? Um, career 2.59 ERA and 31 and a third big league innings. First rounder yeah, last pitched, year. He pitched in the in the uh, World Series last he year. He did. Not sure whether he's a starter or a reliever. Um, uh, they got Lamb, a guy named Lamb, who's a former top twenty prospect in all baseball. He's derailed by Tommy John surgery a few years ago. In Triple A though, he went nine and one with a two six seven ERA in Triple A. Um. And there was some other play. Uh, there's a guy named Reed. He's a former second rounder, getting his feet wet in double A. But there's upside. Uh, so basically, there's three three upside really, pitching prospects. No, they got one major league guy. They got right. Been one, again, been in one, one triple A Lamb. It's nine and one in, in triple A. He's going to be. He's basically a big league pitcher now. But, he, but even Finnegan, he's still a prospect. He has 31 and a third big leagues inning, so he's still considered a prospect. Okay, but he's still a, a considered a prospect. I mean, you know, you're still you, – you hope that he hasn't reached his peak and you're still looking for more out of him. So basically what you're saying is three pretty high-developed players, a couple guys with big league experience, 
and a couple of high talent prospects. Would you take that deal for Cole Hamels? Probably. I mean, yeah, I know. I would love to have the position player in there, I guess. I guess. Because you, you got to trade him. The, the fact of the matter is you have to trade him. I don't see any reason at all. Can you think of one reason to keep him? Where you yeah, absolutely. If you don't get quality return, if you don't get a top prospect for him, then you have to keep him. And then you go through this next summer? You go through it in the winter. Winter, yeah. When when pitchers are getting 30, $35 million a year, that's when you go through with it. Yeah, but I think – I don't know how much better the offers are going to be in the winter. I don't know if they are either, but what McPhail probably has more time to evaluate them. So if, if yeah, so I guess you don't have to make the deal, but you want to make the, the deal. The other thing is that everyone forgets is that the Phillies may not make a deal on July thirty first, and uh, they still might make a deal uh, before August thirty first. But then you have to go through the waivers, right? So guys like Ryan Howard could be dealt. Guys like Chase Utley theoretically could be dealt. Healthy. Guys like that with big bloated contracts could, could theoretically be dealt. Well, you're still going to have to pay it because the waivers just means anybody can pick up their contract. So obviously nobody's going to pick it up. But if you trade them, you're still going to have to pay their contract. You're going to pay most of it. Right. Um, but you get rid of them. You, you Ryan Howard, you stop blocking. But you can do that now. First base. No, they can't. They, they, no one will listen. So I don't have to think about Ryan Howard. But what I'm saying is, why would. Nobody want to listen now, but you think in, in a couple of weeks people are going to listen. Yeah, towards the playoff push. Maybe if a guy gets hurt. Or right. But even if even if not, like you can extend past that. So right now I think the Phillies are totally focused on the Hamels deal. Yeah. They're not going to be able to focus on these other But deals. the Hamels deal has to be done before. Oh, absolutely. Because he's not going to fall through the way with somebody with a lot of claiming. So. Of course, I claim him. Right, so he has to be done beforehand or in the winter. Right. He might even go through waivers. He might try to throw him through waivers to try to get one team to, to uh, be able to trade with um, before. But then I think the Cubs are the first team that probably claims him. Well, the Cubs have shown interest. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, and That's what I'm saying. I think the Cubs are, I think, the third favorite team to get him. I think the first favorite team is uh, the Rangers. Second favorite team is Dodgers. Third favorite team is Cubs. Fourth favorite team is the Yankees. And Arizona's been mentioned. Arizona's been mentioned, but I don't think he wants to go there. Okay, so yeah, there's no trade clause coming. Why? Yep. Um. I don't know. So, so let's just let's just play GM. No, no, no. Let's play Gypsy, and let's look into the future. Gypsy. Gypsies, they look into the future, right? Fortune teller. Yeah. Fortune teller. So a fortune teller. So. A fortune teller. So let's let's do a fortune teller, and mm-hmm. pretend there's a crystal ball in front of you right now, mm-hmm. and it is August first. Hamels is gone. Okay. And what do we have back? And who's he who's he with? With the Rangers, probably we have uh one top top tier prospect, one top hundred prospect. We get two other prospects who are in the top fifteen. Okay, and keep looking at your crystal ball. Is there anybody else missing out of our Phillies roster? Not that I see. All indications appear no. I think that we're going to get some offers for uh, Revere, but everyone views him as a backup, so it's going to be tough to get any real value for him. And uh, the Phillies were asked, uh, some team asked about him, and Ruben Amara said, we want your number three, number five, or 
No, he said you want your number one and number two prospect to be able to get um here. And then they hung up the phone. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just, you always come in high. Sometimes you, you, you can't come in too high. You look ridiculous. Right, like Ruben Zabara does. But it's like, it's like you watch Pawn Stars. Oh, yes. And, you know, the guy will come in and, and the expert will say it's worth $5,000. And the guy will say, I want $5,000 for it. He knows he's not going to get it. But he knows if he comes in at 2200 he's going to get talked down at 1800 But if he comes in at 5000 maybe he'll get 2700 You know what I mean? I agree. So you're going to come in high. But sometimes it's ridiculous. Like it's, right, but... You can't come into it. If he says it's a $5,000... They're equated to fantasy football. If I offer you... If I offer you... um Basically, what equates to a second-round pick for a first-round pick. Yeah. You're going to hang up the... You're going to stop talking Right. Well, I don't know if I'd be rude. I'd probably give you the old, uh, oh, that's an interesting offer. Um, let me no. think about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do it, but i just maybe try to. No, I probably would. I'd probably just hang up on you. Right. You, you, you just, hello? Yeah. Like, well, Gary, are you there? Yeah. I got to go. <laughs> but, uh, no, I understand what you're saying. And that's 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 insane. Um, yeah, like I said, sometimes when you come in too high, you look ridiculous. Right. Well, that's the thing. He thinks that, uh, Mar- uh, that Revere is a guy who's who's cost control, which he is. I mean, he's only making a little over a million a year, which is peanuts. So, you should get some value for him. But to ask for a top one and number two prospect, he's insane. And he's not going to get that. Of course not. Uh, maybe he's a team... He's not anything close to that. So, what's going to need to happen more on Revere's end is... A on team's, Amara's a team's gonna, end. On Amara's end, but with Revere, is a team's going to have to call them up and make them an offer. No, the, I think I think eventually they're going to start shopping him because they're going to realize that well, there's not much time. He, he, he's blocking Dubro Herrera. Him and Herrera and and um, Ashy are blocking the rest of the outfielders. So they got to get rid of one of them because they're all too similar. And then Frank Cor's in the outfield too right now. I mean, he's not a piece for the future. Oh, that, that's another guy who could he, move. He could be moved, right? Um, a lot of people, including Paul Jalovitz and a few others. He said that they want to see uh, Frank Force stay here because he's not going to bring you much. I'll take the prospect. I, I don't care. I mean, do you remember when he, Do you remember when he came up? He was a big prospect. He was. He, was he, he killed it in his first couple months with the Braves. Him, and Brian, two years. him and Brian McCann came up him together. And, him and Langerhans were supposed to be the... the no, he came up with McCann. No, Langerhans, too. Okay. But, Langerhans and him were supposed to be the outfield of the Braves' future. But I know McCann came up with them, and McCann obviously... And Frank Cole won Rookie of the Year. Yeah. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated with the natural... Yeah. Members of the natural... He's he's a big-time player. Well, um McCann came up with them. Obviously, McCann developed into a really good player for a long time. Yeah, I don't understand why the Yankees did that. Come to the end of his run. He's still playing pretty decent. He's okay. Um, But my point is... He, he's better than Chooch. I mean, my, he's one of the half he's better than Chooch. Yeah, my point is, though, Frank Cor was definitely... He was a big-time prospect at one time. I mean, so you always have the hope. You always, like... He's he's not that old. Is he 30 yet? Not that old. I don't want to say that, but yeah, I mean, he is. He is for an athlete. For an athlete, old. it's it's up there, yeah. Um, especially especially one who you're still hoping to reach. I think he's younger peak. than me. I think he's 33. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, so yeah, get rid of him. Get Bye. rid of him. Sure. But give the, us give us a mid mid range mid range prospect that has like a a chance to be a bench player in the future. I'll take it. Well, yeah, I guess because it's the future. But I mean, the bench player in the future. Is is that any better than a bench player right now? Yes, because in the future we can actually use the bench player. Now we, well, you're in this back, you're back on this thinking that we're going to continue in this rate of nine to one. 
No, obviously we're not going to continue that, right? Um, I, you know, we die down every six games. I, I don't know. I, I just ninety percent. I, I think that the one difference with prospects that that we have is I hate bringing in prospects who I who I who I have a limited upside on. Like you said, you bring back somebody who could potentially be a bench player. Right. Well, you can you can you can do that too. So you can get an upside guy. You just get a younger guy. Get a guy who's eighteen. I'd rather years old. I'd rather do that because I feel like with this team. Now, say this was a team who was in contention and we just needed a strong right-handed bat off the bench, a middle reliever. You're not getting any power, though. That's the one thing in baseball that no one's training right now. Well, it's, no it's one's training. After, after they said bye to the steroids injection. Right, exactly. That's why you see the Phillies making this move for the 16-year-old kid. That's why you see a lot of things happen. Needles so, need to fall off the back of the truck again. Any, <laughs> so, any chance to get um, – a power bat is just not there. You're gonna have to look at more speed or uh, hitting tools or defensive tools, depending on what you want. Well, I think that the reason a team would trade for frame four is is they would they want a, a guy who could play uh, the outfield, come off the bench, give you a good right-handed at bat. Yes, on top. He's the kind of guy who Gillis used to get every year. Yeah, Remember? Not, he, a, a pace guy. You just you you put him you in there. You need him at the end of the year to just to make your playoff run. You need him to pinch and you know where he would be perfect. Play a day or so. You know where he'd be perfect. Back where he was before in Kansas City. That's the type of team that could really use a guy like Frank Quarter to come off the bench, give you some pop. I mean, he's been nothing but clutch all year. I mean, the, the Royals have been making moves. Absolutely, just throw us throw us someone who's going to be a future bench player. I don't but care. But picking up Zobris. I mean, I know you're a different type of player, so I don't think they're gonna. Absolutely. Strengthen your bench. You, get, you need as many of those moves as you can in the playoffs. Even though they're an AL team. Even though they're an AL team. So Frank, Frank, Frank Ford, Ford's a very good fourth out. Right now, I'd say, I'd say he's probably more likely to stay with the Phillies. Just I, don't think I agree. I, the, the other problem is, like I said, I think I think the Phillies are completely just honing in on this Hamels thing. They're not really listening to too much else. No, I know. They're focused the, on the, Hamels. The Hamels deal is obviously um, most important and it takes number one priority. But if a team calls you up and says we're interested in in Frank Core, we're interested Done. in Revere. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Frank Core, not Revere. Revere, I need to get something. Okay, but, but, but my point back. being, you might be most focused on Hamels, but at the same time, you're not going to neglect another move that could potentially yeah, strengthen your team. Yeah, you will. You might not. You might the not reason, actively be shopping it. You might no, not no, actively the reason be why, researching Garrett, it. The reason why is because there's a lot of things that go go on before doing a trade. You need scouts to get their input. You need cross-checkers. All that stuff needs to happen. And right now, everyone's too focused on the higher-tier guys for Hamels. And I, that's why I think this is, yeah. this is one of the reasons I think that they wanted the best offers today. I think they want to do a deal by tomorrow. So if there's another deal to be done, you'll be able to do a deadline day. I hear what you're saying. But, I mean, the scouts, they've been scouting guys all year. It's not like they just started. Right, but McVale's guys haven't. But a, a trade like Frank Core. It's not going to make or break the team either way. If you, if you right, but back, you're not going to waste your time on it. Why it's not wasting time. If, some, if I call you up, say I'm the Kansas City Royals, and I call you up and I say, listen, uh, we're interested in Jeff Francoeur. What do you want for him? You're not just going to hang up on me. No, I'm going to say, listen, we're almost done this Cole Hamels thing. Wait until I'm done with that, and then we're going to focus on your, on your farm system and what you have to offer, and we'll try to target a guy afterwards. I, I, yes, I would absolutely and do that. I don't think Jeff Rancourt is somebody to wait on. So Kansas City might say, all right, uh, thank you, but no thank you. We'll look elsewhere. 
Well, no, that, I, I don't think that baseball teams are that close-minded as you are, and they're just going to move along. I think that, it's not close-minded. No, 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 I think I think they're going to continue to look, and but they'll keep that option open, knowing that tomorrow this guy's going to be available, and they'll just use that as leverage. Because when you go to talk to the next guy, you say, "Well, that price is a little high," you know. Um, Frank Horst not on the market yet, but I was told tomorrow I can call back, and after this Hamilton gets done. I mean, teams are going to use that as leverage. Yeah, they'll use it as leverage, but I, I just don't agree with you that they're going to be turning teams away right now because they're focused on the full house. I think field. they will. I think right now all of their resources are, are aimed at what happens with Cole Hamels, but I, I feel, I I, and I don't feel like they're going to actively, maybe they're not going to actively call teams up and try to I think the Hamels deal didn't get done before today because of the Packlebot deal. They were just so focused on getting him out of town and getting something back on him. I think that every other deal is going to be put on hold until Hamels deal gets done. And once Hamels deal gets done, if you have some minor moves, they'll, they'll happen then. It's just it's how baseball deals get done. I think, yeah, if you get something that's obvious, like if you get offered a top ten prospect for for Frank Ford, I don't even think about that. I'm just doing it. Well, no, I mean, I'm but I'm just saying, most likely they're going to say, what what kind of prospect do you want? I don't have time to to look into that right now because I'm looking at top tier prospects for him. So that's why I think that you say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to have to do this closer to the deadline because we got to get this Hamels deal done. But I think the Hamels deal's got a shot at getting done today. The shot at getting done today, I think it's definitely done by tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, of course, no team's going to call you up and say we're going to give you a top a top five prospect or so for Jeff Rancourt. Top ten. Top ten, ten whatever. So, top ten in their organization. So, I mean. Right, but you're probably going to get someone right in the fringe there. Okay, right. But you're going to have to look into whether you like this guy listen, or not. Listen, it's just bad business to turn down business based on the fact that you have bigger business. No no business. I mean, of course, you're. Well, hold, you're on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You you're under on, the, you keep you're, making points, you don't let me make a point. You're under the assumption that we have to trade Frank Gore. I'm saying We I, don't have to trade him. We don't have to trade anybody. Exactly. Well, I don't I don't think Frank Gore's a huge loss if you don't trade him because I don't think you can get much for him. And I I'd rather I'd rather not mess up a deal on Hamels because I was focused on number twelve prospect for the Royals than the number four prospect. The top hundred prospects. I, I just think that's narrow-minded and short-sighted. That you can't make, you can't focus mainly on Hamels. I understand you're going to focus more of your resources on Cole Hamels. The deal potentially is going to shape the future of your franchise for the next ten years with the prospects you bring back. Hopefully, we're both hoping that we bring back prospects that are that good that come up with a big league team. But I just don't feel like any business is going to turn down more business because they're in the middle of doing something. They might not. They might whoa, not. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're looking at this as a in a business context, and it's not just simply not the case. No, but listen, what I'm saying is, I might not spend. Also, if you're the Kansas hold on, City hold on, Royals, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What you? What you? Let me bring up a point. Take a point. I'm so, sorry. if you're the Kansas City Royals GM and you call me up, I might not sit on the phone with you for 20 hours going over your entire single A ball club. I might say, listen, um, the return we're looking on Jeff Rancourt is in the, this range to that range, whatever the scale is. I'll say, come back to me with, with five players who you'd be interested in trading. You come back to me with the players. Meanwhile, all that time I'm focused on Cole Hamels. You call me back, you say, I have this left fielder, this starting pitcher, this starting pitcher, this center fielder, this starting pitcher. I say, okay, thank you. I'll look into it. 
you get a couple of your guys, you look into the prospects. If you feel like you like one of them, then you can work a deal. It's not a major deal where all the resources have to be focused on, gee, if we're trading Jeff Francois, we better have all guns aboard, you know, uh, or all people aboard, whatever. It's more of a, a side type of thing where you can, if a deal comes by and you like a prospect, you can make the deal. I don't, I don't think that you're going to be turning people down because you're focused on the Cole. Of course you're focused on the Cole Hamilton deal. Nobody's arguing that. Right now, all your resources are focused on what prospects are we bringing back for Cole Hamilton. But I think that any organization, a good organization, can make a deal for another player while they're working on a bigger deal. That's just my opinion on it. And how often do you see that happen? It happens a lot where teams make deals for players. What do you mean? When the team I don't track focused. every team's deal. I mean, okay. what, what, how often the big time? Let's put it this way. I'll make you a bet right now. No deals getting done before Cole Hamels. I will bet you one dollar. No, listen, it might not. I'm not saying. I'm just I'll saying. Take, I'll take it just for the hell of it. No, but I'm. I, I'll take I, it, but I'm not. I'm not saying that. By the way, Hamels might not get traded. That might favor in you. Listen, I'm not. Listen, I'm not saying that that a deal might get done before Cole Hamels. I don't even know if any teams are interested in Jeff Francois. We just mentioned his name as somebody who potentially could could be somebody who a team would be interested in. All I'm trying to make the point is that you could make the smaller deals while focusing on the bigger deal. Right, they might not make the deal. They might not make any deal besides Cole Hamels, and okay. But I just think that they have the ability to do it. Right, but your argument's on the macro business scale, which is what I disagree with completely. See, you're not looking at, at all the players as assets, again. You're looking at them. Brent Revere, like him or not, he's an asset. At one point, you are looking million. at them as assets. Right. So it's not a huge deal if I don't get a deal done today. And I'm just telling you, the way that baseball operations work, every single scout is is going is Jeff on, the, on the on the Hamels. Um, every single scout that those have are scouting the other players in the Hamels deal. That's the reason why they ask for deals today. It's a reason why they want to get done tomorrow. I think they want to do more, but they realize that they cannot screw this deal up. And if you screw up a Frank Core deal, it's not going to be the end of the world. If you screw up a Jeff Frank Core deal, oh well. You, you know, you, you lost um, uh, your fourth outfielder on a, what are they, 30 win team right now. Right. Um, if you screw up the Cole Hamels deal, you mess up your future for five years. No, and like I said, obviously I'm agreeing with you that right now all the resources should be focused on Cole Hamels, what prospects you could bring back. What I'm saying is... Right, if you get an offer that blows, blows you away, all bets are off. doesn't even have to blow you away. You get an offer, they say, listen, here's what, what we're, willing, we're willing to give you these five prospects. Now, you probably already have somewhat of an idea of who the prospects are. Scout prospects, just to scout them. Because, I know. Well, I guarantee they know who they are. Maybe me and you don't know who they are, but I guarantee you they know their name. You're not just you're not just you're not just randomly. They know their own players. I don't think they know all minor league baseball. That's way too much. I don't even think they know the top ten prospects in every system. That's a lot. I think I think there's someone in the organization who might. Right. But and you go to that guy. That's why he's there. I guess. That's why you're important. Yeah, but you're also he's also not a decision maker for a reason. Well, sometimes the decision makers aren't the best decision makers. Well, yeah, but they're a decision maker for a reason. They voted to that position. By other you people know, who aren't the best decision makers. If you're, okay, let's use your business. If you're an organization and you're about to make a major decision, you're not going to trust the guy in the mailroom. No, I'm not. 
But I'm not telling you to trust the guy. But in the, the guy in the mailroom might eventually become the decision maker. And maybe you know it's what? It's a crapshoot. You're right. If you do that, stuff your game. And like you just said, if you mess up the Jeff Brand court trade, it's not a big deal. You right. know. Let me ask you this: Do you know when is Jeff Brand court signed through next season, or is it just this one year deal we have him? So we have him this year. So if we don't get a prospect back for him, we potentially lose him for nothing. So if a team calls you up and you say and says we'll give you this prospect, that prospect, you could take a little bit of time to look into them and you say, okay, we we'll take it. We're going to lose Frank Core anyway. We'll take the deal. You know, it, it's not, it's not focusing the attention away from Cole Hamill or the prospects that Cole Hamill yeah, will bring back. Yeah, but the way the baseball teams do it, and I'm going to end it on this note, we're, 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 arguing, we're arguing over something that, that neither one of us are a hundred percent sure about number one. And number two, I'm just going by what I hear from, from um, MLB network and, and stuff like that. The way that it works in an organization is you need to take time and do due diligence. Sometimes that time is an hour. Sometimes it's a day. Sometimes it's two days. Trade deadline, it's usually like five minutes or 20 minutes. Yeah. The, just the nature of a big deal is everyone in the organization focused on that. And I think, like I said, I'd be shocked. Now, it could happen, but I'd be shocked. They decided to trade Cole Hamels, and they did another deal while on the periphery. Jeff Francoeur, while I agree, I agree. Francoeur is not the ideal situation. Francoeur, someone offers you any prospect, you might say yes. Because, again, you're not losing anything. A guy like Ben Revere, you need to look into, because he's a guy under cost control for the next two years. That's a guy who you want to get something back for. I might just take... Any guy in Double A who's hitting 250 um, for Frank Gore, who's under the age of let's say 24, because like you said, you're going to lose him for nothing. But assuming that that's not the case, and they actually want to do some due diligence, I think everything's going to get put on hold. I know we've now gotten both of our thoughts across. Um, it's going to be a short show today, folks. Uh, we're probably going to end it very shortly, but. On the ending note, um, Sean Couturier signed a six-year deal with the Flyers. Yeah, uh, I read about that. Um, no, I did. Listen, whatever. I admit I'm not the biggest hockey fan in the world. I still no, you're Mr. Hockey guy. I still watch it. I watch a playoff game and I'll, I'll read up on it. You know, hope that the Flyers are doing well. Uh, apparently, the deal was under market value. The Flyers had a really good six deal on the situation. Twenty-six million. He's making uh, under $5 million a year. He's a two-way player, very good. Um, very good defensively. He just hasn't shown it offensively. Former first-round pick. I mean, the guy, the guy's solid. He's a solid uh, centerman. He just hasn't developed into what they hoped he'd be. And if he, got, if he does, this contract is so far below market value. He's going to be one of those valuable players in the NHL. Well, what the hell are you doing? Why are you pushing back? I don't know. Play? I just am. It's because I'm sitting here for a while. So. Go on. Talk about Couturier. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Doing it. Okay. I'm going to punch it back in my leg. Actually, it's kind of hard. So I'm not <laughs> going to do that. But, yeah, if, if he do, he's still young, still young guy. He, ha, he has a, lot, a good amount of NHL experience now, so it's not like he's um, a complete unknown. You hope that there's still some untapped potential you can pull out of him. 
if he doesn't get any better than he is today, they'll probably he'll probably good deal. So it's really win-win. Right, and he's really, really, really young. Yeah, he's, he's pretty young. Like I think he's in his lower twenties, twenty-two. I'm not sure exactly how old he is. No, yeah, he's been in the in the NHL for a few years. So, um, it's yeah, a, but... it's a situation where there's a good risk because, like we mentioned, it, if there's still some untapped potential, then you're getting great value. And if there's no untapped potential and he's basically what he is, then you're still getting a decent price for him. So it's really win-win. I was right. He's 22. He's 22 years old. He was born in 92, December of 92, so he'll be 23 later this year. Um, right, so you only have him through his 20s, which is awesome. Right, so it's, it's, it's great. It's good value. And at 22, there's still potential to be, to be a lot better. made there. So like we said, if he never gets – one ounce better. Still very still a decent solid. Deal. Very, very good defensive uh, offensive. Um, I I love that deal. I think Hextall is probably doing the best out of all the GMs. Uh, no, is that a Hextall thing or is that an agent thing? I think it's the Hextall. Because I feel like the general manager obviously they're they're looking for the best deals for the team. Um. But that's why the players hire the agents. And, you know, some players get better deals than other players who are more deserving, less deserving. I think Couturier wanted to get paid. He was on a rookie contract. He didn't get paid much. So as as good of a deal as it is for the Flyers, $26 million, he's care of you for the rest of your life. Oh, of course. I mean, so, you know, I'm probably never going to get close to that. Right. You hope so. But you so you get something back to get the $26 million. So – that's, that's what it protects him. Hockey is guaranteed contract, so just in case he takes yeah, a flat shot to the eye and becomes blind in one eye and can't play again, he's still protected. There's a hockey player who plays with one eye blind. Really? He got hit in the eye with the puck, actually. But, I mean, you just got to wonder if the agents, you know, because the agents are the ones working out the deals. It's like... Well, maybe you say that I want to stay a flyer for it. Yeah. And and I want, and I want to have case, them to have the flexibility. Because Axel is a no-nonsense kind of guy. I think he put a price on Gatorade and said, look, we're not going above this. Yeah, and if Gatorade wanted to stay here, and even if his agent said we could hold off and get more money from the St. Louis Blues, he might have said, no. I do in St. Louis. Yeah. You know, so. Who wants to play in St. Louis? Oh, the, Scott Hall. the Detroit Red Wings, the Anaheim Ducks. How many more teams do you have? I don't know. Anaheim Ducks. Why is there hockey in hot places? <laughs> Why is the Phoenix the in the middle of the desert have a hockey about? team? They had the, the Flying V. Um, All right. Goldberg, the goalie, the Bass Brothers. All right. I'm familiar with the movie. Yeah. So. so yeah, what do you got going on this weekend? Charlie Sheen's brother was in it. Millie Lestevez. Millie Lestevez. Um, this weekend, I don't know. I don't really have much planned. I didn't do really anything last weekend, so. I ordered. Yeah. I ordered. Oh, I was gonna go out. I ordered. Um, I watched a movie. I ordered a movie. I don't know. It was uh, Get Hard with Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart. Oh, it was okay. I was expecting a little better because they're both really funny. Mm-hmm. But it was it was decent. It's watchable. If you wanted to take a look. I'm gonna wait till it gets on cable. I think. Yeah, that might be. Years so down. Years. No, it's usually a few months. Probably three okay. months. Oh yeah. Maybe it was six dollars. Three, three, four months, it'll be on uh, either HBO or Showtime. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was a decent movie. Um, This weekend, I don't know, maybe I'll go out. Uh, 
I, like I said, I haven't I haven't gone out. I didn't go out last weekend, so maybe I'll go out. We'll see. I don't really with the bars. Maybe it's it's kind of like I don't really know until the weekend, unless I have something specifically planned. Oh, by the way, did you get my text? Did the did the guy hit Harris? Yeah, I did see that. How much was that for? Ninety-seven. Not great, but it's pretty nice. Yeah, um, the dealers were talking to these, uh, they Yeah, um, that's just all I wanted to draw. I mean, the dealer's just flipping the cards over. It's not like of he's course. doing anything purposely. Right, but, but usually you get tipped. Yeah, you get tipped pretty nicely. Not necessarily always, though, because at parks, uh, some of the dealers, you know, I talk to them because when I go, and, uh, they told me a few times that's a bad beat hit, and the dealer gets really taken care of. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to complain no matter what. See, dealers are notorious for thinking they should get more. And I shouldn't say this because I am one. But Everybody wants more. Well, mean. and I do get annoyed when when I deal something. Like, for example, I dealt someone 30 to 1 um, three card uh, stream three. Was. No. They had $25 and I beat them a perfect match. So it's 25 to 1 times 25. I don't know. It was like four or five hundred dollars, and they didn't tip me a dollar. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that I got pretty pissed about. Most other stuff I I let roll off the bat. Twenty five times twenty five is six twenty five. Yeah, that's uh, no, that it wasn't that. It was something else. I think it was a super ladies for twenty five. It was two hundred fifty. Uh, regardless, it's it was two hundred fifty, and they were up five hundred dollars. They didn't tip me a dollar. Yeah, that's pretty poor. Yeah, I was I was pretty upset. Um, they didn't even offer to like pay a dollar for pay a dollar for me. Like, I don't care how little you tip me, but if you show me some appreciation, I'm usually very appreciative. That that kind of stuff um, hurts you a little. Wow, look at that. But then then there's other people who just tip you even though they're losing. You're like, oh my god, amazing. I'm looking on Facebook. Girl, uh, apparently a Georgia man cut off his own penis to stop masturbating. On that note, on that note, um, what are you doing this weekend? Um, this weekend I'm working. Actually, this is my weekend. So, when we're when we're done this show, Gary and I usually hang out for a little bit. Maybe we'll grab some food. Maybe not. Um, I don't know because I talk to my girlfriend so she wants to eat. Um, but after that, uh, I am going to my girlfriend's house to sleep over tonight. And tomorrow we're having Jewish breakfast. We've got lox and uh, wafer salad. I'm actually pretty excited for that. Sounds good. Yeah, and then uh, tomorrow night we're going to Snackies for all you can eat crabs. So that's, that's a big plan. That sounds good. Crabs are good. I, I used to, um, I love the Chinese buffet. Chinese food's my favorite. Uh, people out there, so the Chinese buffets are banging. Um, and they put the crab like that. They get people to go up and they, they take the whole freaking tray. Yeah. But crab legs aren't good. J.J. Watt met Jennifer Aniston. He said that was the celebrity cross. She said, I shook her hand instead of hugging her, then I left the room without proposing. <laughs> so, J.J. Watt might be uh, smooth on the field. Apparently, he's not smooth off of it. Although, I don't know if Jennifer Aniston, she wouldn't be my celebrity crush. I mean, she's. Who is your celebrity crush, Gary? Uh, I don't really know. I don't really know if I have one. It was Hill Hill back in the day. Yeah, that was a long time ago. She was like three couples back in the day. 
I think uh, Ariana Grande is pretty hot. See, and I never got into her. Uh, and uh, Alicia Keys was really hot at one time. There's a lot of, I mean, you see a lot of girls you just own, own in person or on the internet that are better looking than celebrities. I'm not, yeah, but I'm not really a, stargazed. Like, I'm not in awe by the celebrity. Right, but if you had to choose a celebrity, who would you choose? I don't know. I don't really know what they look Oh, would, Never mind. Who would you choose? Question. Um, I'm gonna refrain from answering, so I don't get my ass. I'll just say just because I off the top of my head, I know she's not. I think Ariana Grande right now. Oh, right on. Um, like those Disney girls, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, but there's there's definitely a lot a lot out there, dude. You you predicted a half hour show. We did an hour fifteen of our. We did, so that was pretty good. Uh, we didn't have a lot to talk about today, based on the fact. Guys, please call us if you can. I mean, uh, I know a lot of you guys are listening to us in uh, replay, and we do appreciate it. The the um growth of the program is is showing, and we do appreciate you guys listening. If you want to help us out? Do us a favor. Tell a friend. Follow us on Twitter. At, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at. At talk with Matt and Gar. That's talk W Matt and Gar. Um, you could also find us at Matt Cisco. You find one page, you'll easily find the other. Uh, you could call in. The number is always the same: six zero two seven five three one five nine seven. So bookmark that. We are also now one weekend available on iTunes. You can catch up on all of our back shows. Listen to we're our on new iTunes. Shows. We're not on Stitcher, but we are on something called Podcast Addicts. You want to listen to us on your on your uh, you give them Android the name for iTunes and Android how to find uh, it. yeah Philly Philly Sports with Darren Matt everybody got that you just like hearing <laughs> well I do like hearing it but at the same time I also want them to hear it so they can search us yeah okay um, we'll say it five more times I mean do you not want them to hear do you not want them to know how to find us right guys if you're enjoying the show please tell a friend well, well just tell me do you you not want to say the name because I I'm listed first, you're, so they are unable to find us. You're making me want to write into iTunes and find out how to change the name. Matt, I'm asking you a simple question. Do you want people listening to be able to find us on iTunes? And I refuse to answer it, so I can just hit the send button before I answer it. All right. And again, uh, you felt like we ran it a little long about Philly today. Um, there really wasn't anything to talk about. Yeah, that's a big story. That's a big story. The uh, trade deadline. Yeah, that's. that's and I really wish we could we could do this on Friday. Unfortunately, our schedules, especially mine, just make it unable to do so. I would love to have a trade deadline show, but unfortunately, we will work. Uh, yeah, but next week we'll definitely, of course, review anything oh, that happens. Probably talk about Pavel Bond more as it as it pertains to the rest of the deals. Hopefully, we'll be able to review something that happened and not talk about what didn't happen. Right. So we'll see about yeah, that. Yeah, but we're gonna we're definitely gonna get more trade deadline stuff. We'll have Eagles talk because uh, training camp will yeah, start. Yeah, camps are starting to open up. We'll have some things going on with that. Uh, maybe we'll get a piece of Sixers news. Maybe new flyers. Probably piece. not. Maybe it'll be a big national story. I don't know. We'll see. You know, you never know. Listen, sports is it's. Ever-changing. It's ever-changing. So, you know, one day you might have nothing, and the next day you might have 15 things to talk about. So until then, um, thank you for listening. Please uh, listen. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Tell a girlfriend, a boyfriend. Tell everyone. Tell everybody you know. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Talk with Matt and Gary. Call us 602-753-1597. 
also Twitter at Matt Cisco and on iTunes at Philly Sports with Garrett Matt. Is that the correct name? Philly Sports with Garrett Matt. Yeah. Um, and this isn't just the sake of my name first. It's just because I do want you guys to listen. Uh, appreciate the listens. Have a great rest of the week. Enjoy your weekend and uh, talk sports. See you.